Welcome back to the Friday Five here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, still getting back into the swing of things after the holiday, but I'm here, you're here, and we've got a great list to go over in today's episode. First and foremost, starting out at number one, we have entered the month of December. And while that means that we are indeed moving closer to the holidays each day, it also means we're in the last days of the annual enrollment period. We are almost there, just a couple days left, and we know that you can ride out these last couple of days and make it successfully to the end of another AEP. If you need some motivation to keep you going through these last final days, you won't want to miss our episode coming up on Monday, that's December 5th. I think it might be my favorite Monday motivation episode yet. But if you need some inspiration before then, we will have the links to our Monday motivation series in the notes so you can listen back and keep that good selling mojo going. Number two, Congress seems to be keeping an eye on Medicare Advantage plan marketing with new proposed legislation released last week. Senators Maggie Hassan, a Democrat from New Hampshire, and Roger Marshall, a Republican from Kansas, brought forth a bill calling for changes to the Medicare and Me handbook published annually by CMS. Currently, there is a section in the handbook comparing original Medicare and Medicare Advantage plans. The senators want to add to that comparison to include how costs are controlled. They're calling for more details, adding information on step therapy, prior authorization, and network sizes in Medicare Advantage plans. Also included an explanation of switching from a Medicare Advantage plan and going back to original Medicare. This is certainly an interesting bill, and it's hard to say what CMS will do, but they have said that they're looking into the suggestions that were made. I am certainly all for giving beneficiaries as much information as possible, as long as it's done in a way that does not confuse them. And if the changes end up making the explanation of Medicare Advantage more difficult to the point that original Medicare is chosen because it's simply easier to understand, I'm not sure that that is in the best interest of every client. I'm a little worried of that, but the end decision is with CMS. I'm certainly curious to hear what they've got to say after processing data from this AEP, and not just enrollment numbers, but feedback from the carriers, other FMOs, and agents alike. Number three, super short mention here. Think Advisors' Allison Bell publishes an annual report on Medicare bills that have moved through Congress during the year, and it's usually an interesting read because by the end of the year, we sometimes forget some of the legislation that was proposed earlier in the year. Now, I won't mention them all here, but a selection of the top 10 include H.R. 6538, the Stop the Wait Act of 2022, introduced in February, and it aims to help those with disabilities get quicker access to their benefits and coverage. 
H.R. 7666, Restoring Hope for Mental Health and Well-Being Act of 2022. This one was introduced in May and has since been passed. It requires Medicare participating providers to warn their beneficiaries about the dangers of opioid use. And then the last one I'll mention here, not the last in the article, though, H.R. 8188, Saving Access to Laboratory Services Act. That bill hopes to increase the amount of Medicare reimbursement on clinical diagnostic lab services. Definitely worth checking out that full list. We will be linking to it in our episode notes. Number four. With that last item and this week's release of Spotify Wrapped, that means we are entering the phase of the year when we recap just about everything. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen my Spotify Wrapped stories this week. If not, well, there's still time to follow me on Instagram. It makes a great holiday present, and you will find those stories archived on my profile under Spotify Wrapped. I have to admit, I get a kick out of that recap, and I read another recap recently that is a long time coming, and that is a compilation of viral health food trends from TikTok and what actual nutritionists have to say about them. So no, not an official 2022 recap, but still so good. I'm not really that sad to report that nutritionists agree that hot lettuce water as a sleep aid is not only ineffective, it's pretty disgusting. Last year's salmon bowl was on the list, but experts did recommend subbing in brown rice and low-sodium soy sauce for a healthier option. And then arguably the most popular this year and the one that I want to try the most after reading the piece in HuffPost, the Green Goddess Salad. It is a mix of cucumber, cabbage, and chive, and those are all things that I enjoy. Plus, it looks like it has a good crunch to it, all while being nice and light and, surprisingly, a healthy choice. This was a fun read at a time when I am trying so hard to be healthy, but the cookies and the chocolate are just calling my name, and they are going to keep on doing that all the way through the holidays. So check out the list, maybe get some new ideas for healthy options this time of year, and some advice on which recipes to avoid. Number five, in the realm of Twitter replacements, Another social app recently threw its hat in the ring, one that I was hoping to be able to report on here today. Hive is the name of this social media platform, and it has seen huge growth over the past few weeks, hitting 1 million users on November 21st. Now, it's been around for three years, so it's not exactly new, but it is definitely new to me. I managed to get in and secure an account, but I didn't have too much of a chance to get acclimated or look around. And then yesterday morning, Hive announced it was taking its servers down to fix a few security issues, likely to do with their recent scale-up. 
So in light of that development, we won't be taking such an in-depth look at Hive today. We'll keep it very high level. But I'm hopeful that these security concerns will be fixed and the app will come back online. One thing that initially drew me in was that Hive operates more like social media that I am familiar with. Now, Mastodon, we mentioned this a couple weeks back, it might mimic aspects of Twitter, but the decentralized server setup is a little different, and it makes for a bit of a different user experience. Hive, on the other hand, takes familiar aspects of other social media platforms and reconfigures them into one place. Users can post text, images, and video. You can customize your profile with your favorite color and a song reminiscent of MySpace days. Interacting with others works as you would expect. You follow other accounts and you can like their content, comment on it, and share it as well. And similar to Twitter and Instagram, you can follow topics and hashtags, allowing you to connect with others who share your affinity for, say, indie nail polish. And then for my favorite part of this app, it was started by Cassandra Pop while she was in college, and she is a self-taught coder. I love that. I'm excited to get on the app when it comes back online and is a bit more secure to really get into the weeds and see if it lives up to the hype that I've been reading and hearing about. So fingers crossed for Cassandra and Hive to come back online. And while I can postulate all I want on social media, I do realize that comes from a fangirl state of mind. So I do have a link to an interesting piece from Slate in the notes. It's a predictive piece, which I also love, probably equally to the end of year recaps that remind me of what happened in the first half of the year. So in this one, Caroline Sanders suggests that social media will be more niche in the future. It's an interesting take, and with all the talk surrounding what will be the next social media platform, I think it's warranted to maybe take a step back and look at the bigger picture. RuPaul recommends... Holiday movies are in full swing at our house, and I know I mentioned this one last time, but if you have not checked out the Santa Clauses on Disney+, Plus, we binged the first three episodes over the Thanksgiving break, and it is so good so far. I cannot recommend this one enough, and yes, I am very glad still that they went the series route because we get more time with the characters and the story that we just wouldn't have gotten with a standalone movie. If you're looking to get into the holiday spirit, the Pentatonix holiday special Around the World for the Holidays premieres today on Disney+. Normally, I'm not big on live holiday music unless it is Mannheim Steamroller or pentatonics. You will not be disappointed, and if you don't want to watch the special, you can always simply listen to it in the background. And then tomorrow, December 3rd, the summer blockbuster Bullet Train comes to Netflix. It's the story of five assassins on a bullet train with Brad Pitt playing Ladybug, a not-so-lucky assassin. 
It looks like it's going to be an interesting caper, but it is rated R, so probably not the best to watch with kiddos around. Up next on our list, Gudetama, An Excellent Adventure. The series debuts December 13th on Netflix, and while they could have gone full cartoon, the series is a mix of animation and live action. It features Gudetama, the Lazy Egg cartoon character created by Sanrio in 2013. He will be accompanied by his brother, a newborn chick, who helps Gudetama get around by pushing him in an adorable eggshell stroller. The movie is in Japanese with subtitles, and from the trailer, I have to say it looks adorable. My daughter is a big Gudetama fan, so I think she'll be pretty happy with the series. Next up, National Treasure, The Edge of History, debuts on Disney Plus December 14th. Similar to other Disney Plus shows, this one will debut with two episodes, and then subsequent episodes will come out one per week for each week after until they complete the season. Now, Edge of History picks up where the National Treasure franchise left off, and Justin Bartha is set to reprise his role as Riley Pohl. Last on my list, but one that I am pretty excited about, possibly most excited about, the sequel to Knives Out, Glass Onion, which debuts on Netflix on December 23rd. I do have to admit that when I saw trailers for Glass Onion, it reminded me that I had not yet watched Knives Out, but that I wanted to. Somehow it came out and I missed it. And I want to watch it, especially before watching its sequel. But I do find it interesting that Knives Out is not available on Netflix or any of the other streamers without paying a rental fee. Again, I don't want to watch the sequel without watching the first one, so I will probably end up renting it anyway. But Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, comes out on December 23rd, just in time for holiday watching. Now, I'll give my usual disclaimer here. These are just a handful of selections that I am excited about for the coming month. We will have the link to the full list in the notes. And that's all we've got for this episode. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Artwork by Vivian Zhao.